This is Curious Minnesota, a Star Tribune project that sends staff from the state's largest newsroom hunting for the answers to great questions we receive from you, our readers. We're here to answer everything you want to know about the state's people, places, and culture. Welcome to Curious Minnesota. I'm your host, Eric Roper. Several weeks ago on this show, we discussed why Minneapolis never gobbled up its suburbs. Today, we are tackling another important question about how the Twin Cities region is organized. Reader Scott Berger wanted to know why Minneapolis and St. Paul never merged. We're chatting today with the Star Tribune's Kevin Dukesher, who wrote a story on this topic for Curious Minnesota. But first, here's Scott. So I wrote to the Star Tribune, Curious Minnesota, about the question of why Minneapolis and St. Paul are and have been separate cities. I'm a resident of St. Paul, and I'm familiar with uh, budget issues and a number of other issues that I think could be shared between the cities. And I've noticed, looking around the nation, if you go by largest cities, you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul typically don't come to the top of the list, and yet the metro area is significant. There are benefits of being combined. Uh, There can be efficiencies and cost savings. And I know for a fact, because I used to live in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, that there is a county and a city that are one and the same. And I think the the basis behind that is to save an administration and other uh, things. And so between um, taxing and uh, services and, uh, frankly, just a metro pride and being on lists as a larger city, that's what inspired my question of why Minneapolis and St. Paul never merged and, and why couldn't they merge in the future. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. So I feel like we kind of have a chip on our shoulder around here. Like we are a big deal. We know we're a big deal. Yeah, we are. But we kind of on all if we look at the lists and the rankings and we shouldn't be judging ourselves by lists and rankings, but we just don't make it high enough on these things. Minneapolis and St. Paul, we're not as high. We don't get even on a lot of lists because we're not in the top 20, 30, 40 biggest cities in the country. So, it's you know, where are we in the national scheme of things? It's perplexing, Eric. It's Minneapolis ranks in the 40s uh, in terms of population among cities in this country. And St. Paul is farther down in the 60s. Okay. So they've got us there with the likes of Newark and Oakland. Okay. And what if we had put them together? And if we put them together, we would be number 19. We'd be the 19th most populous city in the United States between Seattle and Denver, which is where, of course, we we want to be. Well, those are the peer cities we compare ourselves to. And when you looked into this history, I mean, you really found that the merger was a real live issue for the, a large part of these two cities' history, right? I mean, it was this is not some fringe topic. No, actually, the issue caught a fire in the late 1800s and early 1900s when There was a good deal of assumption in the Twin Cities and around the country that eventually, of course, Minneapolis and St. Paul would merge. Okay. They were growing towards each other geographically. St. Paul was expanding westward. Eventually, of course, their borders would meet. And in the center of all that was an area that they thought would be uh, the center of this great new metropolis. Okay. And just uh, you have a quote here high up in the story noting that the Minneapolis Tribune, this newspaper back in 1891, just skipping ahead a couple years, but they said that the merger is simply manifest destiny. So uh, that really puts a fine point on how it seems like we were really on the precipice of something there. Um, okay, so where does this story begin? I, I guess we've got to go back to the 18, what, 1880s? Or when did these discussions start to happen around a mer- possible merger? Well, originally we're talking about three cities on the river, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and St. Anthony. Okay. 
And uh, St. Paul was uh, far and away the lead city of those three. It was the state capital. It was the head of commerce on the Mississippi River. But then in 1874, Minneapolis and St. Anthony, which were across the river from each other, merged. Okay. And that put Minneapolis into the running with St. Paul in terms of population and influence and power. And tell us a little bit about, just before we get into the chronology here, the background of these cities, because St. Paul's an older city than Minneapolis, and Minneapolis has some different demographics. St. Paul was founded in about 1841. It was a river city. It had a navigation, as I said, on the river, and it specialized in trade and river commerce. Minneapolis really didn't get started until late 1860s, but Minneapolis had one great advantage that St. Paul did not have. It had the only uh, significant waterfall on the Mississippi River, St. Anthony Falls. Mm -hmm. And what that meant was that Minneapolis could take its place as a leader in lumber milling and, of course, eventually flour milling. Okay. And that, in the end, in well, that eventually put would put Minneapolis ahead of St. Paul in terms of commerce and so forth. Okay. So there's some discussions, you know, as you say, starting around the 1880s, Minneapolis is coming up as a flour milling capital, but there's discussions of of what? Is it explicitly about a merger or what's happening? Well, there was an assumption really that eventually the two cities would merge because why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Uh, You would have that much influence and power You could take your place among the leading uh, cities in the United States. And, of course, the people in both cities thought that they deserved to be there on that list. And for that reason, uh, property was getting snapped up in the Midway District of St. Paul because that was sort of the center of both cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, people envisioned the brand-new state capital going there. Archbishop John Ireland thought it would be a wonderful place for the cathedral that he was planning to build. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, too, there was a lot of speculation about the land in in the Midway. A lot of people were buying up property for that matter. I think it's funny there's so much focus here about Midway. And for those folks who aren't familiar with the geography, I mean, Midway is exactly what it sounds like. It's basically the middle point between the two cities, but it is in St. Paul, right? And today, this is sort of an industrial area for the most part. There's a very large freight rail yard there. There's Highway 280. There's plenty of great things in the Midway, but we don't think about it as like the core of the Twin Cities, right? As they were maybe saying at the time. It doesn't sound to me, Eric, like you're much charmed by the Midway. Hey, look, I love industrial things. I'm just saying this is an industrial area, right? I mean, that's kind of what it's known for. That's what it is today. Right. right. But back then, they uh, they had great visions of it being sort of the centerpiece. Right. With a capital and a cathedral. Right. And exactly. It was just hard to imagine today based on what, how we know the Midway. So, okay, this is, sounds like we're making some great momentum here toward the inevitable manifest destiny joining of these cities. Uh, nothing could stop that kind of progress uh, toward, toward a merger, could oh, it? Oh, but you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, Then comes the great census war. Of 1890. Oh, okay. And this is a, a Cold War, I presume? It's a Cold War. No okay. weapons involved. No although, violence. Although police uh, got involved in the picture eventually. Okay. What this was all about was in 1880, after Minneapolis merged with St. Anthony, it actually pulled slightly ahead of St. Paul in terms of population. They were both still very close. Mm-hmm. So 1890 was going to be the great uh, showdown between the two cities to find out which of the two uh, really was the most important and the biggest city in the state of Minnesota. Right. And what this did was it kicked off what we call uh, today the Census War of 1890. Of course, every 10 years, 
Uh, the federal government takes a census of the whole country. And both cities connived to try to pad the books and find as many residents within their boundaries as they could, mm -hmm. even if they had to make up a few of them. Oh, no. Yeah. So what happened was, and, and both cities were aware and, and very uh, suspicious of what the other city was doing. St. Paul spent a spy to spend some time among the folks in Minneapolis that were counting mm -hmm. residents and discovered that, in fact, uh, whole families were being concocted out of uh, thin air in Minneapolis. Right. He brought evidence of this back to St. Paul. When the Minneapolis people went over to collect the evidence, St. Paul police officers showed up, pulled their guns, and said, why don't you just go on your way? <laughs> and eventually what happened was the federal government, it was serious enough that the federal government decided that it needed to investigate and find out what happened here. And the result was that they had to expunge about 18,000 names from Minneapolis's rolls, about 9,000 names from St. Paul's rolls. But in the end, the Mill City won out. Uh, the final count put it at nearly 165,000 residents compared to 133,000 in St. Paul. Oh, okay. And Minneapolis has never looked back, and uh, it still holds a, a significant lead over St. Paul to this day. So that was when it really became the larger of the two right. cities like we know it now. So, okay, this was a lot of bad uh, bad blood between two cities at that time. Um, but in the wings, there's still chatter about this merger even into the 1890s. Who's still bringing this up in the 1890s? Well, the thing is, on paper anyway, it looked like it made a good deal of sense, especially to people outside Minnesota who looked at it and thought, well, it's inevitable. These two cities are so close together, they're eventually going to get together. Mm -hmm. In 1891, somebody published anonymously a pamphlet in which they talked about the two cities becoming, quote unquote, federal city. Okay. With a population of 900,000 Mayors alternating from both sides of the river, and it captured the imagination of a lot of the uh, the local Twin Cities newspapers at the time. Mm -hmm. The St. Paul Chamber thought about it, thought about the fact that perhaps it had lost a step since the railroads were taking over some of the commerce from the river, and decided to vote a committee to look into a merger and invited the Minneapolis Board of Trade to do the same. So okay. St. Paul went to Minneapolis hat in hand and sort of uh, swallowed and said, you know, maybe we ought to think about this. Right. And so was Minneapolis interested in this? Not at all. Okay. A month later, they the, the St. Paul Chamber had to wait for their answer for a month. And they finally heard from the Minneapolis board. They're waiting by the telegram. Sure, or the, exactly. <laughs> or yeah. the mail. I don't know. Yeah. In fact, the Mill City uh, business people uh, said that the only reason St. Paul wanted to merge was to boost the land values in the Midway District, and there there might have been some truth in that. Mm -hmm. But the uh, Minneapolis board member, J.T. Wyman, was quoted in the newspaper, quote, we don't want union with St. Paul. We don't want to even consider the matter. We are stronger and better off without St. Paul. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, yeah, pretty strong words there. It's sort of interesting. This is all coming from the business tycoons of the day, not right. like the mayors or anything, but it kind of maybe shows you that industry's kind of not running the show, but certainly a huge influence over the, the yeah. two cities. All right. So then, you know, you mentioned John Ireland thinking about a cathedral in the Midway and, and they were going to rebuild the capital, like, and maybe somebody said, we should go in the Midway. I mean, what what happens to all these well, all this stuff? I mean, it was pretty clear at that point that it probably was not going to happen. In fact, uh, newspapers around the country one said there will be no more gibberish about Mini Paul or Paulopolis, and that was one of the fun 
things about this story was to discover the uh, names of the uh, United City that were that were being discussed. Archbishop of Ireland wanted to call it Polopolis. Mm. Minneapolis uh, got a lot of votes as well. None of these seem like, I mean, I don't know. If, it's, you don't if you're like, asking my you opinion. You don't like the city. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. This, it's okay. It's a little bit of a mouthful. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. That's right. I mean, yeah. Minneapolis is also, I guess, a mouthful by the same metric. Anyway, um, but anyway, in 1893, the legislature decided to keep the state capital in downtown St. Paul. That sort of put an end to the Midway land rush. And mm-hmm. eventually, Archbishop Ireland found a nice hill. Uh, near downtown St. Paul in which to build his cathedral, and the rest is history. Okay. So we found in here in our archives an interesting note from 1895. There's like a whole page where the Minneapolis Tribune polled newspaper editors around the country. And it's kind of interesting because you kind of get this perspective from all these cities around the country about how they view these two cities here in Minnesota and, and what they think about whether there should be a merger. The whole poll is sort of about being a merger, more of a survey than a poll, I guess. Uh, what what kind of came out of that? I mean, what what was sort of interesting from some of those comments? Well, again, if you didn't live in Minnesota or the Twin Cities, you could see no good reason why the two cities shouldn't merge. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, there was a good deal of talk in, in Minnesota about the cities uh, being a rival to Chicago in terms of its influence in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, there was, in fact, a, the editor of the Chicago Times-Herald, Visited the city. He said he rode between the two cities on the electric line, noted the wonderful filling up with buildings of what a few years ago was farmlands. He was talking about the Midway area. Right. Every new improvement brings you closer. So a lot of people just assumed, well, this was going to happen sooner or later because it made a lot of sense. In 1906, the head of the Chicago Great Western Railroad, A.B. Stickney, came to town and addressed a crowd in St. Paul and said, you know, what are you guys thinking? Uh, a, a merged city would make you a world commercial power. And he pointed to New York and London as examples of cities that had sort of expanded and merged and uh, become powerful okay. through consolidation. So, Because he said we would be the sixth largest city in the, in the country? Right. That's right. Okay. And there's a great political cartoon on the story uh, by a guy named Charles Bartholomew who depicted Stickney. He's trying to get Minnie and Paul, which are human depictions of these two cities. Uh, Minnie is a woman in one corner and Paul is a man in another corner, trying to get them to meet on this sort of like love seat or something in the middle. Or yeah, what is that? That's kind of like a small, it's uh, a small little, couch. It's a little odd. Minnie is poor portrayed as sort of this coquettish young woman, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> Paul is sort of in a friar's outfit, I imagine, With some sort of Saint halo. Paul, or, with a or halo. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a seat, a love seat, as you say, in the middle, and labeled on the love, love seat is the name Minneapolis. Mm, fifth and, City, which is a little confusing because you know, Stickney had said Sixth City, so right. we, were, we, we don't know which one it would have been. But we would have been big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually two Bartholomew cartoons on here uh, about merging these cities, both of which depict these Minneapolis and St. Paul in human form, and they're worth checking out on the story uh, if, you, if you can take a look. Um, okay, so Stickney says you should do this, but... That's not enough, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, we didn't merge, so I presume they didn't, didn't listen didn't to go them. anywhere. It's it's interesting. There was actually a, a couple legislative bills introduced in the in the 20th century. In 1909, a bill passed the House to create a committee to drop a merger plan. Um, although there was a suggestion in the newspaper coverage that a lot of the legislators were sort of mocking the idea and sort of voted for it, chuckling. 
Okay. In any event, it didn't take root. It wasn't. It didn't go anywhere. And then, as late as 1943, during World War II, there was a St. Paul legislator named John Drexler who introduced a bill to merge the two cities into "quote unquote" twin city. Once uh, local government officials and voters agreed, and I was unable to find any more talk of this uh, particular bill in the newspapers, which tells me that it it went nowhere. Okay. So it's opinion time, Kevin. Do you think the city should have merged, or was it best that they did it the way they did? I understand. I came to St. Paul in the 70s to go to St. Thomas, and I would hear about the fact that it wasn't long before that that people in Minneapolis and St. Paul stayed on their side of the river and didn't cross over. But by the 70s, people were, in fact, crossing the bridge and taking advantage of the various amenities and attractions in both cities. I like the idea that there are two cities here, I think, that makes us unique. Each city is different enough so that it makes it interesting. So I'm I'm all for the, the two-city concept. How, right. about, how about you, Eric? I, th- I mean, I agree with that sentiment. I think, you know, if you think about it generally, I think that the cultures and the history of the cities are very different. I mean, just thinking about even, like, the Skid Row demolitions and things that happened in Minneapolis that didn't quite happen in St. Paul. These cities really took different paths. As someone who came here not knowing very much about these cities and not knowing much about the Twin Cities, I feel like the Twin Cities gets, like, not enough attention because of this. Uh, because like they just don't make it on the lists, if you will, unfortunately, which is a really shallow way of looking at it. We shouldn't be, uh, or they should just do all these lists based on metro area and not by city. Uh, But unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. Surprising to hear this from you, Eric. You're a native New Yorker. (laughs) Yeah, my city's number one. And yet you've got a a full-on Minnesota inferiority complex. And, you know, so you you need to I I hail from the number one on the list. Well, here we go. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) But, yeah, I know. I think think it's very valid. The cities are very different. And so when you're here and you're steeped in it, you see why they didn't merge. I think when you're outside, I, I, I can sympathize with that Chicago newspaper editor who's like, look, just combine them already, you know, or what have you, because from the outside in, it just seems like an obvious decision. And now we don't really talk about it anymore anyway. So it's no. not not a live issue anymore, no. even though it was for how long? Half a century or yeah, more? Yeah, and it's interesting. If you, if you look at the comments to the story online, uh, and it, the story drew nearly 100 comments, there are a lot of people who think, it, yeah, it might not be a bad idea. And they're, and they're talking mainly about the fact that, you know, having all these governments is a matter of duplication and right. extra expense. And think of the savings we could have if we had one city and one county. And right. which, by the way, when they're talking about one county for the one city, uh, they would have named that Minnehaha. Oh, so. Okay, Minnehaha County. Right, right. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Always good to be with you, Eric. Okay, that's it for today's show. Thanks, as always, to Matt Gilmer for editing this podcast. If you've got feedback for us or a question you'd like us to answer, send us a note at curious at startribune.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please tell a friend about it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Curious Minnesota. We want to hear from you. Ask questions and read more stories online at startribune.com backslash curious. Our show is recorded at the Star Tribune's headquarters in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. And our music is produced by Matt Gilmer. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes or leave a review. And until next time, stay curious.